Oh, there we go. My slides weren't coming up for some reason. It's very weird. There we go. Yes. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome. I'm so used to doing announcements, so I need to welcome you. Um, very weird. Uh, so glad to be here. And Kim, you don't. Kim and I communicate during the week of what's going to happen, but I give her just a brief little summary. She does not know what I'm really going to talk about. I gave her a three-word text. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit stuff. Um, and I gave her a little more than that. But she pretty much took over my sermon. So we're done. Let's go home. No, just kidding. Well, today is Pentecost. We were, I was going to go over all the stuff. Oh, yeah, it does that. Okay, good. So today's Pentecost. Um, it's the birth of the church. It's when the Holy Spirit came down in power into the, the disciples. Um, they spoke in tongues, and this is when they got their call to go out into the world and make other disciples. It's when they were able to heal and to cast out demons. It's when this power of the Holy Spirit came on them in full force and was there to stay. And before that, the Holy Spirit showed up through the entire Old Testament and New Testament, but it was sometimes it was there, sometimes it wasn't. It was always there. But it came down on particular people at particular times. And so what I want to do is look at um, the history of the Holy Spirit real quick. I'm not going to dive, dive deep into the history because that would take days. Because the Holy Spirit is all over everywhere. And so we're going to do the history of the Holy Spirit. Now the first place is it's the creation. The Spirit of God is hovering over the waters in Genesis 1-2. The very beginning of the Bible, it says the Holy Spirit, God's hovering, the Spirit of God is hovering over the waters. Before land was created, before man was created, before sea creatures were created, it was hovering over the darkness, over the vast deepness of the earth. The second place it showed up was then when God created man, Adam. God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The only way Adam was alive is because of the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, the Spirit of God going into Adam. And that's why at the beginning, Adam and Eve were known as spirits. And um, in Jewish lore, and really, I really think it's true, um, when they ate of the apple, that light dimmed in them. And that's why God couldn't find them. The Spirit was gone because now they were humans because they knew everything that God was knowing. And so think of when Adam and Eve were born or created, um, they were pure light. And once they bit into the apple, that light disappeared. Um, you go into Exodus, and there's a lot of other places. I'm just kind of showing you. And the Spirit is given unto men to do particular tasks, to do all kinds of skills. God put on them to give them wisdom and understanding because they're going to start building the temple. They're going to be starting to do God's work. And God needed certain craftsmen. So he gave them uh, some people to work with yarn and some people to work with uh, metal and bronze and some to work with um, materials to dye. Just different gifts that God needed them to have. And it had to be Holy Spirit-led. And so God gave them all kinds of skills. And then 
you look at all of the prophets, King David, Joseph, Moses, Joshua, all of those leaders, kings and leaders were all filled or had the Holy Spirit on them at some point in time in their lives. They were led. They were guided. Um, Moses imparted some of his, the Spirit because God told him, impart, I'm going to impart some of the Spirit I gave you onto others to become judges and to help you guide the Israelites out of Egypt. And so it's all over the Old Testament. I was, it, it's surprising in some ways. We were talking about this morning um, in our prophetic prayer time that you don't realize how often the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the Bible because it is all over, especially in the Old Testament. Now, the New Testament, it starts off with Mary conceived by the Holy Spirit. That's our first look in the New Testament of the Holy Spirit. God overshadows Mary with the Holy Spirit, and she conceives. And we know who she conceives. That's Jesus, right? And so Mary conceives. Now, I didn't put in... uh, Jesus' cousin John, that's another time that the Holy Spirit came upon um, a man and a woman, is when John the Baptist was conceived and born and um, prayed over and gone out into um, the wilderness. And this, um, Jesus' baptism in Mark 1, 9 through 12, uh, is when John the Baptist baptizes him. And he says, I'm only baptizing with water. There's ones that's going to come after me that's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit, with fire. And so when Jesus came, John was baptizing him. And as Jesus rose, the dove descended on to Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit filling him. And this was when he could go and actually start his call that God had on his life. And he was led into the wilderness first, and then he went and started to make disciples and to teach And then in his teachings, he promises the disciples, the advocate, the Holy Spirit. And he says, he's going to come. He's going to guide you and direct you. He's going to show you what to do after I leave. He's going to remind you of all the things that I've taught you because I know you're not going to remember them on your own. Have you ever had a time where you're thinking, I can't remember a darn thing, and you just started praying, or something came out of your mouth and you thought, where did that come from? That's the Holy Spirit reminding you of that stuff. In our worst times, that's why it's so important to be in prayer and reading the Bibles. Because in those times where you need to remember something or to remember God's promises, if you don't have it already in your heart, the Holy Spirit can't bring it out. And that's why it's so important during those tough times. Him being sick all week. I had my mom in the hospital this week. And... Both of us had rough weeks, and it was only because we know we've been reading the Bible, we've been chasing after God and praying to God, that the Holy Spirit can then bring up his promises to us and remind us that he's with us, that he's never going to leave us, and that he'll help us when we need our when we need help. So uh, promises the advocate, the Holy Spirit. And then Luke um, 9.1. Now, you would think that, Pentecost is the first time that Jesus imparts the Holy Spirit onto the disciples, but it's not. Um, In Luke 9.1, it says the disciples were given power and authority to heal the sick, any type of disease, 
and to cast out demons. And this is when Jesus sent the 12 out. He says, okay, I can't do this all by myself. I need your help. I'm going to impart my spirit on you. You're going to go out and you're going to start healing the sick and you're going to cast out demons. And they came back so joyful because they were able to do it. Because God or Jesus had given them authority and power to do it. And then in um, Luke 10, 117, he sends out 72. He was so pleased with the 12. Now, these 72 are people that follow him, but they're not his close buddies, right? The 12. He's not the 12. It's 72 others. So what I found interesting in Luke 10, it's 1 through 17 because the disciples, he could say, I'm going to put my spirit on you. Now go out and go. They already went with Jesus. They knew his routine. They knew what he expected of them. The 72 didn't. And so he had to give them instructions of what to do. Don't take anything with you. Wipe the dust off your feet if they don't accept you. Do all these things, and I'm going to give you the power and authority to cast out demons to heal the sick. And guess what? They came back joyful, praising the Lord because people were healed and demons were cast out. And it's amazing that it all happened before Pentecost, right? And then we have Pentecost today, filling of the Holy Spirit, Acts 2, 1 through 4, where God gives the power and authority to everyone. It's no longer at particular times for particular people. It's for everyone for all time. Anyone that believes in Jesus can have access to the Holy Spirit. They can work in his power. We can heal people. Do you believe that? We can pray over people and be healed or have them be healed. We can cast out demons. We can do so much more than what Jesus did. Why? Because he told us we could. Because not only did he told the um, disciples that they were going to do more because he left and he sent the advocate, the comforter, the power, right, the Holy Spirit to them so they could do more, so they could spread his um, king, so the kingdom could be opened up to everyone, that his word could be spread throughout the world. We're not done yet, folks. We still have a lot of people to reach. So if you're thinking the end of the world's coming, it's not. Because we have a lot more to do. And because of this feeling, we can go out in power and authority and do it. But here's the... I'm looking at my notes now. Here's the um, trick. Well, actually, we'll do this. Holy Spirit in Hebrew is roch. Roch, right? I got it right. Breath. In the New Testament, it's Greek. Pneuma, 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 pneuma. I had to practice that. Pneuma, breath, and I put this specifically, breath of nostrils or mouth. So both Hebrew and Greek, two different words, but it means for spirit, means the same thing. It's breath. It's the breath of God. The breath of God breathed into Adam to bring life. The breath of Jesus breathed into the disciples and to us to give us power and authority, to give us life. So that's my history lesson. Now we get into the good stuff. Commandment seven is receive the Holy Spirit. Now some of you say, well, I've received the Holy Spirit. I was baptized, baptized by fire. I'm good. You're not. Trust me, you're not. It is not a one and done. Receiving the Holy Spirit is a daily discipline. We have to practice so that we can live with the Spirit guiding us and directing us. 
every single day. Because guess what? Life happens. Life gets in the way. The world starts pounding in on us. And we need to be refilled. And we need to be refilled. And we need to be refilled. If you didn't refill your gas tank on your car, what would happen? Guess what happens to us if we're not filled, refilled with the Holy Spirit? Same thing. We die, right? We're just down on the couch. How many of you, this week, Wednesday, I, my mom got up at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I thought, oh, shoot, something's not right. I knew she was had an infection. I knew she was sick by some of the symptoms, though she never presents with the right stuff, as the hospital would say. So I you know, text her doctor. He called me back. We decided to go to the emergency room rather than to the doctor's office. Had to get her ready. Had to get me ready because um, I had been ready to work in the yard, not go to the hospital. So we got ready, went to the hospital, and at 5 o'clock at night, when I finally walked through my door, with my mom staying in the hospital, she still wasn't in her room, with my bag of in and out because I was starving because I had had a banana all day. I ate, and guess what? My gas tank was empty. I sat on the couch, and I don't remember anything for about a couple hours because I fell asleep. I was done. I needed more rest. I needed the filling of the Holy Spirit because my gas tank was empty. So I didn't put one verse, and this is our key verse for today. It's John 20, 19 through 22. If you want to turn in your Bibles or wherever, um, your phones, your iPads. And this is our key for today. I'm going to read it to you, and I'll tell you why. Then the same day at at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Could you imagine being trapped in a room scared to death of what's going to happen to you? Because you just saw the brutal murder of your teacher, of your friend, of your brother. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now the actual translation, it shouldn't say breathe on them. Because that's like me going (laughs) over you guys. That's kind of gross. You think of little kids blowing out birthday cakes, you know, birthday candles on the cake. But this should be breathed into them. He breathed into them and imparted the Holy Spirit into them. So the the Holy Spirit wasn't around them. Makes more sense, right? Wasn't over them. It was in them. Holy Spirit was in them. Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, This happened between Easter and Ascension. Jesus was still coming around. And as we talked about today, he was there from Easter to Ascension is 40 days. And Jesus was still there. He was showing up and teaching and showing them, the disciples and others that believed in him, that he was alive, that he had risen. He needed to prove it to them, really, because, you know, if someone told you, hey, I'm going to die and then I'm going to rise again, don't worry, I'm going to live. You're going to kind of doubt that. So he needed to encourage his disciples, and so he continued to show up. So this wasn't the first time he had shown up to them. This was 
you know, in between Easter and Ascension, he's showing up to them. And then 10 days later, after the Ascension, 10 days later is when Pentecost happens. So this is in between. The disciples, next one. The disciples are in hiding. They're basically in a locked room. So they're on lockdown. Sound familiar from the last year, right? We're in hiding. We're in lockdown. They're fearful of the Jewish leaders. We were fearful of COVID, right? They're traumatized. Some of us were very traumatized by this whole experience. They were confused. You know, here I am. We saw Jesus teaching. We saw him arrested. We saw him brutally beaten. We saw him die this horrific death. We saw them take his body and put into a grave. And then he was gone. And then he showed himself. And now he's here. But what are we going to do now? Are the Jews going to come and kill us the same way? What is going to happen? Do you think they were a little stressed and anxious? Yeah. A lot of stress and anxiety this last year, huh? Yeah. And they're now thinking, now what? Now what? What are we going to do? And Jesus comes and says, Peace be with you. Why? They didn't have peace at that time. They were feeling all these feelings, and they had no peace. So he says, peace be with you. And when he breathed into them, remember I said he breathed into them. The word that always came has come to me is resuscitation. He resuscitated them. Their bones were dry. They were tired. They were stressed out. They needed something. And Jesus came and he blew into them his breath of life, his Holy Spirit, and resuscitated them. He didn't give them power and authority like he does at Pentecost, just 10, you know, 15 days later, whenever it was. He needed them to feel comfort. He needed them to feel strength. He needed them to feel peace. He needed them to feel hope. He needed them to feel feel him, that he was near, that his Holy Spirit was in them, and that the Holy Spirit would guide and direct them, and they didn't have to worry about what was next, because the Holy Spirit was going to do that for them. So he didn't come at this time to give power and authority. He came to resuscitate them. He came to resuscitate them. In Ezekiel um, 37, so actually a very long passage, so 1 through 10, 12, something like that. And I encourage you guys to go home and read it today, the whole thing. This is when Ezekiel, God takes him in the spirit, and he shows them this land of dry bones, of a vast army that had died. It was just bones, skeletons. That's all it was. And he said, prophesy over them so that the bones may live. Prophesy God's word. Prophesy his spirit over them. And then in verse 9, he says, also he said, prophesy to the breath, to the spirit, to the ruh. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, and they may live. So I prophesy as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. That's what the Holy Spirit can do for us today. 
As Kim said, we're tired. And the Holy Spirit will come and resuscitate our dry bones. This last year. How many of you have dry bones from this last year? I'm going to raise my feet too. I don't know about you. I'm tired. I'm tired of the restrictions. I'm tired of the caregiving. I'm tired of not working. I work here, but I also have another job. I'm tired of the stress from finances. I'm tired. <laughs> Kathy and I just had a conversation, what, two weeks ago. And she says, I'm tired. And I grabbed her hands. I said, me too. So tired. I'm just so tired. I'm tired. Stress and anxiety went up tenfold this year. Stress of not working, stress of finances, anxiety, the anxiety of not knowing what was going to come. Was I going to be next to catch it? I actually didn't have the fear of that. That wasn't stressing me out. Other things stressed me out, but not that. But some people did. My poor neighbor, he's so anxiety and stressed over this disease that yesterday he actually came out for the first time in I don't know how long and worked in his front yard for a little bit, fully clothed, gloved, and masked. He's so fearful that he hasn't left his house in over a year. His wife goes to the grocery store, but he doesn't because they are so fearful. And that breaks my heart when I see that because a neighbor that we used to talk and wave to and would, he would come and help me. I would come and help him. Um, now, if he sees me in the front, he runs into the house like I'm a big bad monster. And that's so sad for me and so sad for him. Stress and anxiety is killing our young. Suicide rates have gone up because of what this pandemic has done to their lives. I should have warned you, this is going to be a tearful sermon. I was crying because Kim sent me this video this morning, and I happened to watch it while I was getting ready. I had to redo my eye makeup. We'll just say that. It it got me. Um, it was called the rest, song, the song, Reckless Love of God. So, And I needed to see that this morning. But stress and anxiety has gone way, way up. Depression. Depression, that was my next one. Depression has gone way up. I was just talking to a dear friend whose husband is, it's a chemical reaction in his brain, but his anxiety and depression have gone way up. The pandemic has not helped. And the medications that they are trying on him have made other symptoms um, come up and made him worse. And she's tired. Talked about it yeah, uh, Friday. She's tired. She's stressed. She's tired and stressed. Dealing with his depression. And yet she has such a heart for her husband and such compassion that nothing's going to stop her until they find the answer. Fear. I've never seen such a fearful people in my life this last year. Like I said, my neighbor, my sister for a while was so fearful. She wouldn't come over. I mean, she lives next door to us, so it's not like it was one day she could come over and the next day she couldn't. But what if I give it to you guys? You don't leave your house. You're not leaving. I did grocery shopping for myself, my mom, and her, and another friend. There was times I was paying four different ways. I'm like, I am so sorry I'm grocery shopping for, like, a neighborhood. And because I wasn't fearful to go out, so I was doing all the shopping for people. 
but fear is great and people still have fear. Should we wear a mask? Shouldn't we? I'm fully vaccinated, but I'm still going to wear a mask because I'm so scared I'm going to get it. Um, there's fear of failure. There's fear of, of my finances aren't going to last. What if I lose my house? What if I lose my um, my livelihood? So much fear. What if my loved ones die? What if I lose a friend? What if my friends won't come near me anymore because I had it? What if my church doesn't meet anymore because they're so fearful and no one will come? Fear is recognized. We need to be resuscitated. And there's no real way to I put how to receive the Holy Spirit. You have to just receive it. But you have to know the Father. You have to know Jesus to receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I put that. I'm going to give you a caveat because this is true. However, unbelievers can't receive the Holy Spirit. Because if God needs them to do a work, or if he needs to do a work in them so that they can know the Father and know the Son, he's going to do it. And I can tell you the truth on this because it happened to me. I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't know God. I didn't know who Jesus was. I mean, I heard of him, but I didn't know them. And when I was in my early 20s, I was in a choir at Orange Coast College, and we were singing the um, Passion by Bach. When you're singing in German to crucify the Lord, something happens to you. We had full orchestra. We had soloists that had sung at the Met. My, our conductor, Richard, had always said, you are professionals, you're not college professionals. I am treating you that way, and you're going to be singing that way. And we will give concerts that way. And we did. And we would play to full houses several times a week. And something happened during that song as we sang of the passion of the Christ of how he was loved and then how he was betrayed and how he was beaten and how he was crucified. That touched our group. It touched me. And no clue what it was. There were people in our group that were Christians that did know. And they smiled when all of us that came off the stage going, what the heck is this? And we were giddy. We were giddy after the performance. We were on such a high and no one knew what it was. The Lord showed me years later after I'd become a Christian and um, got to know him, he would show me times that the Holy Spirit would be in my life. And that was the biggest one, is how the Holy Spirit had got me because it was just a year or two later that I walked into a church for the first time for a baptism and God grabbed a hold of me and didn't let go. But he was preparing me to know the Father and know Jesus. So whether I, I know I put know the Father, know Jesus, that's for us to be filled and filled again, to work in his power and authority. But if you don't know, but if you, someone tells you, well, I had this feeling, and you know it's the Holy Spirit, it can happen. That's my story. We have to be open to receive. So many times we kick back. We let the world in. We let life get in control. We let the world get in control. We let the news feeds get in control. We let our friends get in control, and we forget to be open. We worship in the mornings. 
You know why we worship? To open us up. We got to get the junk from the week out of our heads. And we need to focus on the Lord. And that'll open us up for the Holy Spirit to do his thing. So we need to be open to receive. And we need to trust the shepherd that he will help us. The shepherd is Jesus. You know, a lot of you know I follow um, on Instagram, and I highly recommend you guys to follow them. It's the Swiss Shepherdess. Suzanne, you follow him. Wendy, I know you follow him now. I think I told you guys to follow him before. I've mentioned them before. I have learned so much. They are in the Swiss Alps, and they are shepherds, family of shepherds. They have goats, and they have sheep. And um, I started watching them beginning of the pandemic last year because somebody had recommended it that I follow. And so glad I did. Not only did I learn about actual shepherding, but I see Christ in everything as our good shepherd. And they teach me so much. And every time I look at their stories, I learn so much about what the good shepherd will do for each one of us. And so we need to trust the shepherd will help us. So I'm going to, hopefully you guys can see this picture. I actually did a screenshot off of a video because I was following a story and it just got me. When we labor, the shepherd helps us. This year was laborious. Um, They were um, moving pastures with their pastures with their sheep and one of the sheep went into labor and she labored for a long time. I don't know. Can you guys see that real well? It's kind of gross because he's actually pulling a lamb out of the, or a, a, a lamb out of the ewe, out of the sheep. Um, he's birthing. He's helping her birth. So when we labor, the shepherd helps us. She wrote those words, and I went, oh, been laboring this last week, or last year, haven't we? Laboring under the weight of the unknown. Laboring under the weight of the stress and the fear. And all we have to remember is that we need to trust that the shepherd will help us during those laborious times. And we need to stop fighting against the shepherd. When the lamb finally gave in and laid down because she was exhausted from laboring, the shepherd was able to come in and help her. And he pulls the lamb out. The shepherd will help you no matter what. But we have to stop fighting him. How many do I fight him? Don't you fight him? Am I the only one that fights him? No. Okay, good. I'm glad that other people are shaking their heads. Because I was getting worried there. We have to stop fighting. Stop fighting, and the shepherd will help us. Well, that didn't work out. Let's see. There we go. Trust the shepherd will help you. Stop fighting against the shepherd. Being open, being ready to receive. And when we do, This is the coolest thing. It will resuscitate us. In the comments, she put, A baby boy, son of Ammon, the shepherd is blowing into his nostrils to stimulate his breathing. I told you, we're going to make it. He will resuscitate us. He will resuscitate our dry bones to give us life to help us through the tired times, the stress times, the anxiety times, to give us peace. This morning, I was praying as I was getting ready. I was listening to the song and crying. 
And I just stopped and I said, Lord, my bones have been dry for a year. It doesn't mean that the Lord didn't give me the spirit when I needed it. I've preached over the last year a lot. And guess what? The Lord gave me the spirit, the Holy Spirit, to preach, to teach. When I sang, I'd be filled, but it might last a day and it'd be gone. Or I might walk out the door and it'd be gone. And I said, Lord, morning, I'm so dry. Why haven't you filled me? And his response was, I needed your dry bones. I needed your dry bones so that you could be a witness today. I needed your dry bones to do my work today. Okay? How many of you have dry bones from this past year especially? Two hands. I do two hands and four and two feet, so I got four. Yeah, it's true. We have dry bones. Tired, we're stressed, we're anxious. But the Holy Spirit here today, it's not about power and authority. That's what the Lord said today. It's not about power and authority. It's about reviving you. It's about resuscitating your dry bones to give you peace, to give you comfort, to give you strength. Keep going. And every day we need to ask the Lord to fill us, not letting the world crash down onto us, but asking the Lord to fill us every day with his spirit. Resuscitate our dry bones. I'm going to bring the praise team up. Today we're going to have the opportunity to be revived be resuscitated. We're going to sing a song right now. It's called Empty Me. Empty you. Empty us. Empty me. Thank you. I feel very empty. My bones are dry, but yet the world is still in your head, right? And so we need to empty ourselves of all the stuff from the last year that has brought us down. And then we will get resuscitated by the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to ask you to stand up. And I want you to get into a posture of receiving, of emptying up. Now I'm going to tell you one thing to do. And if you ever, hopefully you're not watching me because you're in praise and worship on your own, but if you happen to see me, when I worship, and when I, pr- I try not to pray with my head down, when I worship, I look up. When we do CPR on somebody, if their head's down, can we resuscitate them? No. We take their chin and we put it up. Today I'm going to say, if you want resuscitated, chin up. If you need to kneel, kneel. If you need to lay on the floor, lay on the floor. Get into a posture to receive. Father God, we just ask now that you take all the stuff, the gunk, 
from this last year away so that we may be open and ready to receive the gift. Holy Spirit.
Take a couple deep breaths. Just breathe in. Expand your lungs. And when you do that, throw your head back and your shoulders back. Just relax into it. Take another deep breath. Jesus, thank you for being our shepherd. And now breathe into our nostrils, Lord. Filling us with your Holy Spirit. Uh, Fill us, Lord, overflowing with your love and with your grace. Fill us with your breath, Lord. Make our dry bones live again. Fill us, Lord, and put our ligaments and our tendons back together. Fill us, Lord, with your peace. Holy Spirit, be our peace and be our comforter. Be our hope and be our strength. Fill us, Lord, now. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Fill us, Lord, to overflowing. Fill us, Lord, so that we have no more fear, no more stress, no more anxiety, no more depression, no more fear, Lord, but only love, only peace. Fill us, Lord. Put your head to our head or your nose to our nose and breathe into us and resuscitate us, Lord. Revive us, Lord, with your breath. Revive us, Lord. Getting rid of all disease, all hopelessness, all fear. Revive us, Lord. Revive us, Lord, to do your work. Revive us, Lord, to worship you. Revive us, Lord, to heal. Revive us, Lord, to cast out demons. Revive us, Lord, to live. Revive us, Lord, to be your witness. Revive us, Lord, to spread your word, to spread your kingdom throughout the earth. Lord, revive us. Send revival to this earth, Lord, to our country, to our cities. Revive us, Lord, so that your power may flow, that your word will be known that your voice will be known, that we can follow the shepherd without a moment's hesitation, that we can do your will, Lord, that we can go every day and live our life for you, that we can do what you want us to do, what you call us to do. Revive us, Lord. Revive us, resuscitate us, blow into our mouths, into our noses. Revive us, Lord. Revive these weary bones. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your shepherds. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your comfort, your advocate, your peace. Thank you for your healing. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We worship you. We love you. Thank you, Lord. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you, God, for giving us life and breath, giving us your light inside of us. Help us to go this week and share that light and share your breath 
on others. Breathe into others, not onto others. Help us go this week and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.